because our facilities assessment identified uh, a significant dollar amount of facility needs at our older schools. And so he's going to walk through the plan, kind of show you how we've accounted for that um, as that base level of repairs that are needed. Uh, and then as the board is aware that at the planning retreat, we're going to have a more extensive presentation on our old school facilities uh, and uh, school specific recommendations. So, Bill? I moved out of the way a little bit here. It's a good thing I wasn't late this year. Thank you. <laughs> good evening. Included in your <coughs> me, included in your package of the CIP is our three spreadsheets that we provide to the county. Uh, there's a funded spreadsheet that lists projects and conforms to the cash flows that are provided by the county finance office. We stay within the boundaries of your goal above or below it. Uh, the second spreadsheet that you have is the new school <coughs> new school spread, uh, spreadsheet that is based on the SAFCO projections that are produced by the county every year. They're updated in November and the projections come out in January. And then finally, uh, we have our unfunded spreadsheet, which is the largest spreadsheet in your package. And uh, it continues to increase in scope and size and dollar value. And as Todd mentioned, this year we have folded in some brand new information that uh, is certainly pushing us to the to the upper level of dollars. I do like to just start off with just taking a quick look back to seeing what we've done in the last year. And of course, our number one is our Northside Elementary School, which we opened in August. And uh, I'm happy to say that when the final check is written, we, the project will come in $500,000 under budget. Uh, the, uh, we've also done some uh, structural repairs at Culbert Middle School. This issue was identified in the facilities assessment, and we took care of that last summer. We've addressed some needed casework replacements at Culbert Elementary School. Elementary uh, school like 10 years ago. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. A long time. Uh, we've done some uh, upgrading in the Phillips Gymnasium for some new and energy efficient lighting and replacing bleachers that operate and are code compliant. And we continue to address security concerns. We now have uh, cameras and buzzers at all entrances. Uh, we are in the process of identifying and uh, uh, going to be installing the panic alarms that are part of the new state requirement. Uh, in addition, we also continue to do our videos and our access controls. Uh, and finally, just uh, as you sure know, the pre-K operation services uh, were moved into the fish shop this, this past November. December, excuse me. Some major things that are underway is the, the big one. It's the Colbert uh, Science Classroom Edition that is under construction now. It's going to be a beautiful facility and it is scheduled to open in the fall of this year. Within the context of the entire CIP is the facilities assessment of older schools, that huge uh, analysis that was done last year. And we've shared information with you over the, over the course of the last few months. And we'll be, uh, as Todd mentioned, we'll be presenting a recommendation uh, for discussion at next week's planning conference. But the, the assessment and its findings run through all of these, these capital improvement documents that we're going to be talking about. 
our funding. Uh, this is an indication of the uh, funding roller coaster, as I've said before, that we've been on over the last six years. We go from highs in 08 of 51 million down to 27 million, and we're currently at uh, 41.6 million. Um, I'd like to just concentrate on that 41.6, if I could, for just a minute. Uh, you can see that the, without the Article 46 sales tax, that was the uh, just approved in 2011, and now uh, contributes about 8.8 .8 million dollars a year. Without that, we would uh, be in bad, bad shape. But the 41.6 million uh, is basically broken down into our technology, which is 50% of our funding, and our improvements for buildings. So. The improvement of the building portion of 20.8 million over 10 years. Uh, if you consider the fact that we have 19 schools and campuses, uh, it averages out to about $100,000 a year per school or campus for a capital plan. That's, that's peanuts. That's nothing. And in a minute, you'll see how that compares just to a small <coughs> fraction of uh, what was located in the facilities assessment. The assessment identified $52 million of basic improvements. These are deferred maintenance and repairs and code compliant issues that were identified at the $10 schools. Um, this $52 million in a perfect world would be included on our funded capital plan. Uh, but obviously we don't have the funds to, to do that. The as we take a look over the next 10 years, I think it's very, very important that we remember that our new schools are aging. And as we take a look at the 10-year window, you'll see that many of them will surpass 25 years of age over the next 10 years. That's usually a time when there is more demand on capital improvement funds to correct issues. So we have an immediate problem of our older schools and we have new issues that are going to be coming to us very, very shortly over the next 10 years. The funding mechanism for the capital plan is the commissioners approve our plan, but they only approve funding for one year, 2014 and 15, and that's included on your funded spreadsheet. Uh, some of the highlights of just that one year uh, includes that technology funding continues at 50%. Uh, we have a security and safety uh, component that will address the recommendations of the safety assessment that was completed last year. And we're going to be focusing on some entrances, uh, main entrances of some of the schools that need some, some work in order to control, better control what comes in the buildings. At East Chapel High School, we'll be doing some HVAC work and we're going to be doing the renovation of the stadium running track. Scroggs Elementary School, one of the new schools, we have to uh, replace one of the low sloped or flat roofs, if you will, that's over the media center and in the back of the school. It is a fault in after 15 years. Chapel High School, the repairs to the existing staircase in the back of the school, this was also uh, found during the assessment. And the, the stairs are concrete stairs. There have been they have been used very, very uh, uh, heavily over the years, and now we have some situations where we have exposed rebar and things like that that we have to correct. 
uh, our Phillips Middle School, we're going to take the opportunity, in addition to doing the uh, new wing, to upgrade some major HVAC controls. Culver Elementary School, we're going to be replacing the HVAC system in the multipurpose building. And in Sewell, we're going to uh, replace the boiler in the log building. We're working with the child nutrition group in identifying equipment in the kitchens uh, that uh, need to be replaced. And here at Lincoln Center, we're going to be taking care of the cooling tower and the children. <coughs> the new schools spreadsheet that you have identifies the need for an elementary school in the year 2020. Uh, just that comes down, that comes sooner by one year than last year. Uh, I don't know if that's a trend, we'll have to wait, but it, it did get pushed up sooner. Uh, middle school number five is still as a need. Uh, the SAFRA projection shows it needed in 2018. We've adjusted that uh, to account for the increased capacity that the science classroom addition at Colbert will provide. So it will be uh, showing in the year 2020. And our high school additions still continue to be needed in this, in this year. They're showing it at 2023. So can I just interject? Sure. Because, just, uh, so um, everyone's clear. So these are SAFRO uh, projections that have not officially been certified uh, by the Board of Orange County Commissioners yet. That typically happens sometime at the end of this month, and then they'll send them to us. But as part of the process, we get the numbers in advance. So just these are the latest numbers. And then, <clears throat> as I mentioned, the unfunded schedule in the plan is the most uh, extensive and comprehensive. And now it is uh, up to $87.4 million. What, what I've done this year is to take that $52 million that was identified, and it was a great, great survey and analysis that we did. We were able to identify those $52 million in needs, and we folded it into the plan. Uh, we found that approximately $7 million was included in the funded plan that we had. But the remaining uh, 45 uh, was then added on into the unfunded plan. Uh, and that's why we're up to 87 million this year. So uh, we've tried to address and that again, that only includes the basic level one recommendations and findings of the plan. That's it. I have two questions. And, um, this is the chart that's called expenditures, so the, the funding projects. Yes. On page one of, of that chart. Um, you, I saw on the PowerPoint there you highlighted um, the track for East Chapel Hill High for yes. 14 15, but the 150,000 is in the pending 13-14 budget. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the reason that first column is there is that these projects that you saw last year, but all the funding has not yet filtered through to us. It comes through from the uh, lottery funds, and we receive those four times of the year. The last payment we don't receive until next fiscal year. That's how a lag it is on it. So I do this for a number of reasons. Number one is to remind myself, because sometimes I get mixed up on which year. And then also to remind the, the schools, because sometimes they say, well, what happened to this if I leave it all? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
is this a situation where are we able to begin the project or we have to wait until all installments of this money? You see what I'm saying? We, have a, we wait until we wait the until money until is in hand okay. and then we begin. All right. The second question is uh, near the bottom of this chart. Um, there's um, incremental funding uh, for mobile classroom rental space. Yes. And is that replacing trailers or repairs to existing or That right now is, is totally rental. That is for the, uh, the rent of the thrift shop. <coughs> okay, so it's not, these numbers are not reflecting mobile classrooms. No, it's just no. rental space. Okay, thank you. Uh, James and then Mike and then Mia. Yeah, um, you had reference to technologies included in the unfunded. What level of technology is that? What, what sort of target is that? Well, perhaps Ray can provide a little detail that I can. A couple meetings ago, but. That level, uh, we've, been, we've been at that 50% uh, for uh, many, many, many years, uh, will basically provide us with what we have right now, which is uh, below a two-to-one ratio in our classrooms. And as you know, many of our classrooms don't have uh, uh, adequate presentation technology. We don't have that equity across. Uh, so um, uh, we can certainly develop, and it has is in our uh, our CIP uh, budget request for this year, what it would take uh, to get there. But that, you know, the, uh, the plan that we uh, had uh, approved several uh, uh, weeks ago um, is not really reflected in this 50%. We need, we need but it's in the unfunded, $87 million. Yes, that's we have the yeah. one-to-one. Yeah. Sure yeah. The student lab have initiative in the early and modern uh, equity and modernizing class of technology. If it's in there, yeah. yeah. He's, right. yeah. So Bill and I have talked about that. About $2.5 million a year in additional funding is right. what is highlighted here. Out of the $87 million. Correct. Per year. Um, Mike, then? Just notice on the unfunded new schools worksheet, which is page 8 of the PDF uh, here. Um, also, in just the three schools, so the elementary, number 12, middle school, number 5, and the high school. In addition, there's also middle school, I'm sorry, McDougal Middle School Auditorium. He, he didn't talk about that. No, I did. Uh, well, it's a placeholder. Uh, it has been on, you probably know, on the unfunded new facility, new schools and facilities spreadsheet for many, many years, as was the Colbert uh, Science uh, McDougal is the only middle school that doesn't have a, an auditorium. And uh, it's number one on their list of, of ones, I believe it's number one this year. So. Uh, we've continued it there to make sure that we don't forget about it. That brings up a good question because the commissioners are looking for some semblance of priorities from us. And um, um, this, we interpret this uh, spreadsheet in terms of kind of a planning phase. And um, I see a lot of shaking heads. And I think we all recognize that, that the position of this for 2015-16 with respect to all the other needs is not um, is not a, a uh, is not reality in terms of what uh, what we need. Um, but at the but same time, but at the same time, time we have to at the same time we have to figure out how to how to get it on the sheet as a reminder. So let's discuss that point as a board. If we could just stick to that point, 
Um, Mike, do you want to have something additional to say about that point then? Because I think this is, I, that's the one thing I have flagged. Right, so um, I think there's some history to why it doesn't have an auditorium. I'm not sure I know that history because that was built before it was on board. It was before. I believe it was, it was a financial issue. ran out of money. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it, I mean, they have a cafetorium. Right, right. right. But um, maybe that there should be another sheet of, you know, so you're prioritizing this. I would put that in the same priority as building the next elementary school or the next middle school. Um, so maybe, I don't know if you can indicate the priority on here or have another box. Or I could add it to the uh, unfunded sheet rather yes. than making another way. Yeah, I think, okay, Mia, go ahead. You were next. That's around this topic. I agree. I, I, I think, you know, the cafetorium isn't great, but it, it, it's not perfect, but it's good enough compared to so many of our other needs in terms of sure. being on the safety of those kinds of things. James. We've been struggling to some degree with consistency and how we use this chart versus the county schools. We have an update on that. Go ahead. Okay, but I think one of the one of the thoughts that you could do with this one in particular is that everything else on that chart is stuff that adds capacity. Right. Sapfo directed. Yeah. And and this is not. So it could go to the unfunded sheet as a it's still there, it's still a tickler, but it's not part of this this conversation. Which clearly capacity is the priority, I think, for us as well as commissioners. And at um I'll, or you correct me if I at our last collaboration meeting about two weeks ago, uh, Orange County Schools had already, through a, you guys had seen, had worked together. We That had been a topic of conversation since the budget season last year with the commissioners um, to make sure they aren't surprised when they see these items and how they're prioritized. And so Orange County Schools is going, has is presenting exactly in this format so that we, all three groups now agree, we had agreed back in 2010, but now we've agreed again <laughs> On what the format um, will look like. And so that means specifically the wing, the extra high school wing for them will be on a sheet like this. I'm not sure exactly how they were distinguishing. Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, with the, yes. It won't be in the CIP. I don't know that it is in the CIP yeah. as of this date. At least my in my conversation with them, my understanding is that um, it will be in their CIP uh, in that new schools and facilities right. section that because that, that um, it would be. Um, they too received their SAFO updates, and that shows in their 10-year window in terms of their SAFO updates. Oh, okay. So, I mean, and that's great. And they did, like Todd said, want some prioritization. And, and Todd remembered that we had the years. So, I like your. So, I mean, I just felt, I mean, you know, ADA, all the new. That's that would be like I would that will never be funded in my lifetime. Given never the needs, no, no. given the needs, and what you just showed us that East is going to be however many years old, oh my goodness, um, I would just remove it, but I'm fine with if we like to show them our needs, moving it down to unfunded. Well, I, I would just make the point, though, that there, there is a, a case to be made for building this auditorium, Absolutely. because it's not, the school is not up to the construction standards that we're going to set. So. Right. Right. Um, so, I wouldn't so move it away, and, and I position yeah. it in a way that's strategic uh, when you start talking to the county commissioners and our Orange County colleagues. But for us personally, if I had to choose, I'm going to put that right. And the other good news was that Orange County Schools has completed their full facilities assessment and safety assessment. They were presenting to their board, I guess, two Mondays ago. 
Um, so we are getting, going to be able to talk apples to apples about older school facilities and, and the safety improvements that are needed. So I really look forward to Tuesday morning when we get more into this. Anything else on this issue? We're going to move it down to with the other unfunded projects. Okay, then I think Mia was next. Um, and I have to confess, I was slightly distracted by my new um, toy here. So <laughs> if, if I'm not 100% sure whether not James covered this when he did, I totally apologize. So I know we'll discuss this at our retreat, um, but just as a bit of a preview, the um, 52 million that you have here, does any of that, or, or level one, actually, that's really what I'm talking right. Anything in level one also increase capacity? Uh, do any no. of those, they're all repairs, not one of those, okay. All basic deferred maintenance and repairs and code compliant issues. Okay, all right. So if we wanted to get to increase capacity, we have to talk level two or three, which yeah. we will next week, I assume. Yes. But I just wanted to get a little preview for myself. So even though we approve this tonight, we have to, the county wants it. If we, then we, this is a living document, and, and we often amend it throughout the year. So uh, after February, next week, if we need to amend, correct. We and, can. and one thing that uh, Phil and I have already talked about is being very clear when we submit this to uh, the county to send, it, send a transmittal memo with it um, that reminds them <coughs> that um, we have our facilities assessment and that these represent our basic facility needs and not what our um, district's recommendations are going to be with respect to handling our bigger picture facility um, needs at our schools. I, I guess um, I was looking through what the schools had asked for, and I found it. This is probably more appropriate on Monday, on Tuesday morning. Um, you know that Phoenix needs more space, or they claim to need more space, and, and the reasons seem very viable to me. And um, as we're looking longer range, I hope you'll be considering that, as, even though they're new, like the center is old, and whether they need more of this space, and we need new office space, and how that might get synthesized to to uh, give them the capacity that they need, or if they need to. I don't know how they could take over more of the trailers up front, like they just, you know, that's a, mm -hmm. if there's a way to accommodate more students because they're so successful with kids. And the other thing I would note is with that quarter cent sales tax is that the county and the voters, the county, the voters approved it, the county commissioners agreed that the schools would get half of that for only 10 years. So we've, used, we've had two allotments. We only have that $8 million and hopefully it'll be growing for eight more years. And so, um, as the board, you know, ages as we move along, we need to continue to advocate for our older schools and for funding for capital. In, in the funded plan, I've taken the liberty of extending it to ten years. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's left right by me. For planning purposes. So, for political purposes, <laughs> my I had a different understanding of what the commissioner said. Oh, what did you? And that was that they said that they would. Use the that allocation for the schools for at least ten years. Yes, sir. But maybe I misremembered. At least ten this. years, right? Mia, you can't. I don't believe they can bind the commission. No, no, no. no, no. But, but, that, but they, they were saying they're yeah, they, exactly right. And that, that whole discussion came up. Yeah, but, yeah. but I don't think it precludes it from. Extending. 
Oh, absolutely not. I'm just no, saying it's not automatically extended beyond that. Right, right. But oh, we're counting. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, any commission could go through and say, we're going to... Just like any board. Uh, I think they had to write what they were going to do on in the bond language. I knew James was just recently Yeah, that was that. just in post, but I don't, I don't know. I think I think it is guaranteed based on the bond that amount of time that they that. I'm Matters not. We know for sure. Yeah. We feel confident we've got eight years for sure. Yeah. But it makes a big difference. So yes. we appreciate sure that does. from Absolutely. all the voters who approve that in the second round. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, this is extensive and this is really valuable. And we appreciate all the work on it. James. Um, you showed, so outside of the, the sales tax increase, you also showed an increase in the pay-as-you-go funds. Yes. From three years ago to today. Is that just because the county decided to change that projection or? Well, I, I think their their finances have improved okay. over the last three years. That's okay. what they've indicated to us. But at the same time, they have kept that pay-go number. This year, the same as last year. Same as last year. Any year before. They didn't increase it this year, which wow. they said last year they would. So, um, But it's more than 2011. Yes, it's more than 2011, and the same as, third, as last year. Okay. Uh, sorry. Yes, Follow go ahead. Um, you may have mentioned this before, but um, just to follow up what, on what James mentioned, the pay-as-you-go, are these projected increases based on That is what we have been told to expect from the county. Okay. I think it's imperative as a board that we educate the community um, about the needs of the older schools and also 2014, 2020, six years, it looks like in a recession that we may need two new schools unless we can do something to expand capacity, which is level two, uh, with our older schools that, that when we're looking at wants versus needs, our needs are very high when it comes to capital investment with our schools. And we need to um, we thank the press out there um, for getting that message out. Is there a motion or a moment comment? Sorry. I'll make a comment now. Like mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we all kind of nodded our heads and whispered to ourselves, congratulations, Bill. But it is so amazing on time after time after time, you and your team bring in buildings on yes. time and is not a small bit of change, too. And so I think I'm all of us thank you in our community. Thank you. Thank you for, for that record. It's really, it's really impressive. Yes. It's I'd about 5% like of the total budget, right? Yeah. Yes. 23 million uh, total budget. But for the Colbert thing, listen to that. That's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. And, and so we're, we're fortunate both this board um, make us look good and also our community is just really fortunate to have you applying your skills to make it happen time after time. Um, so I move the resolution. All those in favor say aye. Hang on to this. Put this in here. Go to the county commissioner meeting. All right. Um, number 5B, authorization of employment of teachers in high-speed subject areas. 
Ms. Adkins is going to present this, uh, and I just uh, in working with the board attorney on this one. Once she's done, uh, there's a slight resolution recommendation change that he wants to touch. So. Good evening, everyone. I'm here to request approval for authorization of limited hiring authority for teachers in Heinz area just through the remainder of the year, uh, just much like we do in the summertime. Um, as you know, it's becoming increasingly difficult um, to recruit teachers, particularly highly qualified teachers in high-need areas like EC, math, science, and even elementary teachers in the middle of the year. Um, com compounded by the fact that um, the tenure changes, you know, tenured teachers in other districts, they'll lose their tenure if they come here, if they come go to another district, because there's no more awarding of tenure. It used to be that they would serve a year here, and then they would be eligible for tenure. And so we've seen a decrease in the number of other teachers from other districts coming here. And so um, it's, again, much more difficult to recruit. Um, even a few days is a precious time to make sure that there's continuity for students. And so, um, for example, the next board meeting would be March 6th. And so you know, if somebody re resigns tomorrow, they would have to give the 30 days notice. Of course, they would work 30 days here. But um, um, if they're coming from another district, they'd likely get 30 days notice. It can pop up to two months almost for them to start. So that's what we're here to request. Of course, any offer would be made contingent upon board approval. Um, and then this would be through the remainder of the year. It's become highly competitive in some of these areas as we're interviewing you. Some of these candidates might be interviewed somewhere else in the area. database of teachers and why they're leaving now we've seen an increase not so much in the number we have to look at it there may be an increase in the number but the number of teachers that are um, going to other states or going into the private sector so it used to be that teachers were hot from district to district but we're seeing an uptick in uh, teachers going out of state
Okay, I would also um, offer that uh, the board's job is to serve in this function. When you need us to yes. approve something, that you know we have to get it together to be available to do that. So if you ever need us to do something, um, you know, we can do, even do telephone. We can do telephone. We don't have to have everybody there. And I presume the meeting would have to be announced. Yes. It would have to be a note. It would have to be properly noticed and be uh, and be available yeah. to the public. But, but that can be done. But it's a closed it's closed session discussion. The, the closed session. The, the so vote. It's still it's still yeah. 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 But, but you know, if that helps in any way yes. to exercise the duties that uh, form for our district, you know, that's, that's our job. To and beyond this, any yeah, and that's true yeah. for any you know, not just. Yes, this language uh, and actually the verbiage in the abstract comes directly from um, Farrington Smith with respect to um, having our policy updated to match uh, current what's current in state law with respect to uh, handguns on school grounds. Are there any questions, Samantha? Um, so I took a look at it and um, I've, um, I've been in discussions about this before at another meeting. It's an issue um, for um, for community members, you know, who recreate in parks and other public places and things like that. So it was part of a discussion at a um, a state parks and recreation advisory type meeting. So um, and of course, it, it, a lot of debate is around this. Um, but the confusion for me is with the the language in the abstract um, that's being recommended. So at the bottom. So there's a section called exclusions, and then number three of those three is looks like the new language. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a little confused because it says here non-student, and I pulled up the statute and it doesn't distinguish student versus non-student. That's correct. There's a there's another federal law that prohibits students from bringing what firearms onto school grounds, and we're we're comfortable that the two statutes read together. The, the new law does not does not does not does not in any way override the other federal statute for its students. Okay. Oh, great question. So we are we are bound by the federal statute that prohibits our students. Correct. So is that cross referenced? In the legal references? Yes. That looks like general. That looks like that. This is North Carolina general statute. It is not. It, it, um, it may it be that be? the well the federal law is referenced in state law as well. I'm not sure looking at these references if if. That federal law that I'm describing is is referenced in one of these state laws, but we could certainly Check address that and that can be updated. Mm -hmm. Okay. It certainly would be fine to have this the federal law. So I don't have the, the site on me, but it would be certainly fine to have that. Um, so as long as I guess we cross reference it, but I think for the readability and 
the clarity of the policy. Sure. Um, I kind of think that our students and parents still need to know that the students are still prohibited um, because the law, like I said, even though there's this federal law that overrides it, I didn't see it anywhere in this in, in our statute that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that that's makes students an exception. That's right. It's so. in that other policy though about you know the things students can't bring to school. Our local We've got policy. A long policy. I mean, I understand that, that yeah. but it's not yeah. here. It's not students here. aren't distinguished in the new statute, the new language of mm -hmm. the statute. So, um, so, and I don't think we want to be put in a situation where the student has done this and. We, we, it's not clear to the families or, or whomever that they were prohibited from doing it, you know, and, and they will cite this, oh, but I have the right to, yada, yada, you understand? Right. I'm not sure, because it says the exception is a non-student. Talking about exclusions number three. Or to me, that reads that they can, as a student, they can come on the grounds with it, with their permit. So it's says this policy shall not apply to a handgun possessed by a non-student who holds a valid concealed security. No, I understand. I understand our that. policy, but that doesn't align with the general statutes language. So, uh, what we need to have looked at is first the five thousand section of policies is not about students. The four thousands or the three thousands are about students. We could up here in the beginning. In sentence number three, where it says employees, volunteers, visitors, and other persons are prohibited, this is a policy that has nothing to do with students whatsoever. Um, if we wanted to add the word students, we we could, but we have a whole we do have a separate policy about students, and, and just like with discipline or, or harassment, we have a section for students, and then we have separate policies for others. So this one's um, I have no problem. I, I don't know legally. If we should put the students up there at the top, just to be crystal clear. Let me make a, a small suggestion. I think that the, the, the language as written is, is an accurate, accurately reflects state and federal law. To Ms. Streeter's point, I, I, we could certainly add the citation to the federal laws that that explain why this exception only applies to non-students. I think that was the concern. If okay. I understood correctly, I'd be happy to. I don't have it um, in my, my head, but I'd be happy to to email that um, tomorrow and, and that, okay. that legal reference could be added on second reading. Okay. Yes, on second reading would be great. It's just, it, it's not, the, the legal reference is not an operative part of the policy, it's for convenience for, for the folks who track down the, the law that supports the policies. Right. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, I think this is one of these cases where state law is likely to be very contrary to what the general view of citizens would be. It's, and, and with that in mind, I'm wondering, not because we're legally bound to, but just because I think it would be nice to make this clear, which is to say, so for example, where it says except is specifically allowed under this policy, it's not so much our policy, except is specifically allowed under state law. Um, we're responding to state law. This wouldn't be our policy, um, except for state law. It, that's my guess. I, we haven't discussed this before, so I may be taking a liberties on what the board might think. But that, I, I'm, I guess I'm throwing out that for our colleagues, whether or not we want to add some language that indicates this 
In other words, it wouldn't be our, wouldn't be our choice. We are, we are amending this policy because state law mandates that we do that. So I guess the question would be, if you uh, wrote, except is specifically allowed under, under state law, if they, the state law changed, it would immediately be changed in our policy as well because it's referring to state law, not to our policy. Would that be? I think that's right. I, my only, I, I understand your, your point. I, I'm, the only thing I'm not sure about is whether exclusion number one is a, is required under state law. That may be um, discretionary. I just don't know. I've researched the other two numbers. Two and three are requirement, legal requirements. Number one, I'm not 100 percent sure. I could check on that again. Um, so, I'm, in other words, I'm not I sure it would be accurate to say that all of the exceptions are, are mandated by law because of number one. Andrew. So, <clears throat> number two, presumably, every district that's, that has a policy like this has uh, exclusion number two. But number three, a different district would have something probably far more liberal and allowing, right? Like it's possible. Uh, Not in North Carolina, one, anymore. <laughs> well, in number, right, right. This this is drafted to as track the statutory requirement as narrowly as possible. Number three, here, this is um, what the law requires, and no more, absolutely no more. Um, it is possible, I suppose, that some district out there may be a little more liberal in what's. I want to say liberal. I don't mean liberal like we think of liberal. Liberal no, no, allowing permissive so weapons. Yeah, wave their gun around. Right. No, well, no I, there are other highly, laws that prohibit that correct, as well. Correct. Correct. So it's actually it's pretty highly regulated. The general rule is weapons or firearms, rather not all weapons, but firearms are not allowed on school campus. There's federal law that says that, and then now the laws have been changed to carve out this narrow exception. So this should track what most school districts are doing in terms of number three. I don't think you'll find other districts that are willing or able to be more permissive of weapons on campus. Firearms. Um, to, to, to Mia's point, um, I mean, th this is an area I feel very strongly about, and um, I don't, you know, if the question I asked previously was, you know, what happens if we don't change our policy? And I think the answer was basically that it had to be tested, and, you know, if there was a situation that came up, I would much prefer to be in. I feel so strongly about this that I would much prefer to be in a situation where someone's got to come in with a gun locked in their car and we've got to kick them off campus before this is ever given, before we ever are forced to change the language in our policy. I, I, so you'll be voting no. I'll okay. be voting no. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's okay. It's a matter of conscience. Depends on what the resolution <laughs> so I think at this point we aren't um, we aren't changing the, this policy. We'll okay. leave that be, and uh, on second reading we'll have the reference for the federal uh, statute. Um, is there any other questions, or is there a motion to approve the resolution? No. <laughs> I move approval of the resolution. Is there a second? Second. Uh, any other discussion? I would just say that. This is a very narrow exception. Um, I get James James's point, but you know, this this is the, the firearm is um, licensed and it's locked. And it just happens to be in a vehicle that's parked on our grounds. I wouldn't choose to do this. I don't support this, but I think it's because it's state law that it's okay to put it. I think that it, it, the state law encourages people. 
as narrow as it is, I think it encourages people to go beyond that. Um, all those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. And then how did you vote? Uh, I approve. Okay, yes, so motion carries. Yes. Uh, motion carries 42. All right. Then, thank you all. Thank you, Neil. Um, brings us to Sherry. I want to call on Annette first because she has been in D.C. with um, an advocacy training program to just give us some highlights or your synopsis. Um, sure, very briefly. Um, this year, the National School Boards Association um, made a decision to take a little different approach in, in how um, we as a body advocate um, at the federal level for high-quality um, public education. Um, in previous years, it's been called the Federal Relations Network Conference. And so board members from across the country gathered uh, for a day on Capitol Hill. And in preparation for that, there were two days of sessions, um, speakers and things like that to really kind of galvanize the group and get them focused on what the national uh, agenda was like. Um, but then also prep you to have um, meetings with your congressional, your congressional delegation as well. This year, um, there's been more of a push for um, a more centralized, focused agenda. Um, so it's been a struggle because nationally there are so many issues, and um, that's, I think, been part of the reason why. Um, for some issues that at the national level, they've not been able to, to, to have really successful lobbying efforts because our issues and our, what, we want, what we want to advocate was just simply too broad. So this year the focus was on four issues. Um, and of course the name change, and there's been some new branding and things like that. So it is now the NSBA Advocacy Institute. So the format still allows you to get some training and things like that. And on Tuesday is the, desi Tuesday is the designated day on the Hill. Um, and each state's um, association schedules okay. meetings mm -hmm. with its um, with this um, Congress, Congress persons. Um, so there were about 25 of us from North Carolina. So Ed Dunlap and Leanne scheduled meetings um, with uh, the two senators' offices. And for those who were in attendance, facilitated scheduling your meetings with your representative as, as well. So for me, um, so we had group meetings with Senator Burr's office. Um, he was not available this year. There, there were some serious, some pretty significant special hearings on campus, and, and I mean, on, on on the Hill, and votes. So we met with one of his staff persons. But for the past few years, he has met with us and is very receptive to hearing our concerns. Although he doesn't necessarily agree with all that we are advocating. Um, Senator Haken was not available either. We met the first person. Um, a few of us from this region met with David Price. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of how it went. Mm -hmm. um, overall, it was a very good meeting. Um, and uh, right now, we're looking for the follow-up. So this day on the Hill, or this type of advocacy should not stop at Tuesday. Um, I have some information for all of us, um, and so they are looking for all of the, uh, 
all of the school boards, um, not just the state associations, to get on board with really a, a campaign that um, that is called Stand Up for Public Education. So um, they have developed a special website. Um, there is a, a media kit. There are lots of materials that we as a board or a district um, can use to bring more attention to public education and um, strategies for um, showcasing um, the, the quality education that our, that our children receive and, and then providing more tools for us to advocate at the local level. So I will share all of that. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, other sharing? The um, class prior just GPA oh, issue um, is now that they reviewed in that committee talked about changing the weighting, the weighting but actually didn't mention eliminating class rank no but that's that's part of the look at the full proposal class rank is tied into that right um, but it wasn't one of the, the things they're looking at is North Carolina has one of the highest weights in the nation um, for AP for example six points you'd be hard pressed to find another state that has has it that high um, so the idea is how you adjust your ranks to come in line with what other states are doing. Because then it, it just, as colleges are looking at GPA and they look at our numbers, what's that really mean when you have a GPA of five point, five point something in North Carolina compared to another state that has a child I have four point three? Because the most you can get is a five, whatever it might be. So that is the approach you're taking with the GPA right now. Um, and the class rank, though, is embedded in that discussion also. So we'll see what happens with that. How many board members have read their chapter for Monday? Their chapter? There's the book. There's both. How many do you have read the book? I read half the <laughs> yeah. So we'll want you to be prepared to say, you know, are you in Alice, or are you, I've already forgotten the other character's no, no. name, Buddy. is it No-No? But don't forget there's a, a chapter, and then, I mean, I got a notebook, a little notebook. Everything is a notebook? The notebook, yeah, most of that is, is a lot of it's budget. Budget. I'm still studying the physics of this.
course. But what we are, uh, we had a group go visit um, Pace um, to get a sense of what the student body was like and all. And um, we'll have to begin to look at programming and what we would need to do. Obviously, there'll be mm -hmm. some funds, hopefully, that we could save that be attached to programming. So we'll have to come up with some plans. Thank you, James. 
Is there a motion to adjourn? Second. Second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Thank you all. See you Monday morning.